0: Hello, and welcome to The Alt-Left.
1: Welcome back everyone to The Alt-Left. This is episode 44. I am your host Chris. With me as always is mailman Matthew Jumbo Johnson.
2: Hello everyone, welcome back. I've got my sack and I'm ready to go.
1: And the quantum healer himself, the Reverend Dr. K. <laughs> good evening, everyone.
0: Just want to remind you, we are offering that uh, special deal I talked about last week.
1: Yep. Buy one, get one at full price? Yep. Good, good. It's been a slow news week. Nothing's happening. Uh, DC's been real quiet. Uh, the government's going great. Uh, bills are paid.
2: Yep. Um, Bipartisanship is on the rise. And Everyone's just working that, together. The, yeah, Both the parties, parties are in sync.
0: Yeah, they have it, it they have completely funded themselves. all of the uh, the government. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So obviously that's bullshit. Um, yeah. Besides uh, COVID now hitting seven hundred thousand deaths, uh, state some state governors telling you to go out and lick fucking doorknobs. D.C. cannot get anything passed. Literally, I swear to God, no. The Democrats could p- could put up a bill saying American flag has fifty stars, and the Republicans would 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 shut it down.
0: That's because the Republican Party has absolutely no interest in actually Governing. doing anything other than obstructing anything the Democrats want to do.
2: Well, the Republican Party and two Democrats just let's not forget uh, Mansion. Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold
0: on. Mansion
1: Mansion is the biggest Dino this side of the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Right? first of all
2: fair, fair.
1: That, and he, he keeps getting spotted, you know, partying with Mitch McConnell on a boat like this guy's not even a manchurian candidate. I mean, this is basically Xi Jinping showing up. And and, you, know, like- you, know, you know
2: what I've been reading? So apparently the reason he got elected is because he ran it as a Democrat and Pelosi has the power to kick him out of the party. And I'm just sitting here like fucking do it. Kick him out of the fucking party end this bullshit. It was funny. I was talking to my mother
1: about it today. Actually, we we're having this conversation, and I was talking about like they just need to fucking just pull him out of the party. End of story. Just, just, just fucking kick him out. Yep. Um, and she was like, "Well, yeah, but then, then they'll get you know, then they'll lose the Democratic votes." I'm like, "What Democratic votes? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what Democratic majority? He's well, already I mean, voting with the it's Republicans. It's on fucking paper.
2: Yeah. And here's the thing: if the only reason he got elected is because he ran as a Democrat, they'll elect another fucking Democrat."
1: Because I mean, remember, the president in power runs the party. And if I was Biden or Pelosi, the first thing I would say is, you know, look, man, uh, and again, I am not, nah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of democracy. I'm not a fan of the Democrats at all. But if I was a moderate who stood for nothing and was part of the Democratic Party, I, I would pull Joe Manchin aside and say, so we're kicking out of the party and we are going to run the entire war chest against the Democrat against you and you're gonna be gone and we're gonna tell people that you're senile and you're old and like we're gonna just trash your career and you're never gonna have a ticket again or 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 you can stop being a piece of shit and and get in line with the party that you signed up for now I don't like this this isn't the party politics I would actually like to play but if I was trying to play hardball as the DNC this is what I would do and it blows me away that You know, Pelosi, who who has brass ones, isn't reining him in. Instead, you know, it's like you see that that kid having a temper tantrum in the store because he won't get the new toy that he really wants. Just screaming and throwing shit. And the mom's just, oh, it's okay, honey." And it's like, wait, why, why don't you actually discipline your child? Why don't you be like, oh, well. You're acting like a fool, so we're going to go home, and you're going to get fucking grounded because you're acting like an asshole. Like Instead of that, they cater to it. Of course, that's why the child acts as way. Well. It's the same thing with Manchin. Yeah. Every single time something happens, the Democrats are like, hey, there's 50 stars in the flag. And Joe's like, ah, oh, hold on a second. My Republican colleagues... Don't think there's fifty stars, and we need a bipartisan vote. And well, how much money is this going to cost to do that? Because if it's going to cost eight dollars, I don't think we can go over six. And, and and it needs to be made out of coal. And it's like every fucking time. And it's like you just and what's he done this whole week? Uh, Mansion and and cinema have just been in the Oval Office. They've gotten more. I, we were talking about earlier, man. They got more FaceTime with Biden than his own wife. Yeah. They've just been strolling in and out of the Oval Office, making demands. And it's like they're just getting fucking catered to. And it's yeah. like well. It One's again, it's not going to stop if you just keep giving them whatever they want.
2: Well, and I've been, I was posting about this today and it's like, you've got the progressive wing of the party that's getting bigger and bigger and getting stronger and stronger. Every election cycle, the progressive, the progressives take more seats away from the centrists and the liberals. It, it keeps, it's good. This is the way it's swinging. Most people with some kind of foresight would realize, Hey, we better get on this train now sooner than later. But you've got Pelosi and Biden who absolutely refuse to embrace them. On the contrary, like like Chris was saying, they are catering to them. And, and here's why. We've been talking about this before, but I'm going to say it again. It's because Pelosi and Biden politically align much closer with Manchin and cinema than they do with the squad. Because yes. they're centrist. They're center-right corporate Dems. Politically and pol- politically speaking, policy-wise, they want more of the same things that Manchin and cinema do than they want that liberals and progressives do. It's very simple. that's what it is. And the Democratic Party, like, you know, I was still a registered Democrat up until the last election cycle. And I will still probably mostly vote Democrat for no other reason. And then they tend to align more with what I want politically. Uh, if, if somebody runs for office that isn't a Democrat that aligns more, then I will absolutely vote for them. You know, no problems there. But that's not always going to be the case, so long as the party leadership keeps pulling the party right, because that's what they're doing. That's what they've always done. It's not a matter of even keeping it where it's at. It's they—they they are joining conservatives in trying to keep this country center right, and you people are waking up to it. Especially Gen Z. Gen Z is not here for any of that shit. They are challenging and up unseating liberals and centrists right and left,
1: and just like the boomers did. Yep. Remember, Gen yeah. Z is young. Wait until they get older and sell out. Yeah. I am here for Gen Z energy. It's great. But uh, 15, 20 years from now, you're going to see a whole bunch of Gen Z yep. investment bankers who are voting Republican.
0: The shitty part is, is that Chris and I, we are kind of on the cusp of the Gen X, you know, very elder millennial. Uh, we are elder millennials. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I still person, even though, yes, I, I am technically an elder millennial, I still more closely identify with Gen X than I do with millennials. Just my own personal identification and they said that shit that same shit about gen x that we were a bunch of didn't care in your face type of people that were just going to be liberal and do whatever the fuck we wanted
1: i don't know about that gen x is like mike myers to me represents one of the biggest gen x you know like examples and it's like yeah a bunch of people sitting around coffee houses depressed and bitching um yeah
2: but Hey, I, I think Kay is referring to in the moment, right? Like at, at the yeah, time, like Gen X was young. Yeah, when Gen X was young.
0: They said that shit about the Gen X, and, and it's not true anymore. We said that about the millennials. It's not going to be true anymore. We're saying that about the, the Gen Zs, and I agree with you. It's not going to be the truth anymore. Every generation is more progressive than the last one, and then they get older and they get a little bit more conservative. So I agree with you.
1: I think that's generally the case. I think we're going to see a much lesser percentage of that happening. Uh, sure. Because, like, like, you know, you talk about, like, like a, I, I slightly disagree because I don't remember ever hearing that about Gen Xers. I remember hearing Gen Xers being rebellious. But Gen Xers lived in this awkward spot because they're they're after, they had to put up with boomers bullshit. But that's a pre-9-11 generation where everything was fucking A-OK. You know, Gen Gen Xers... We're, we're buying houses when Clinton was in office and, and America was, you know, fucking running smooth as long as you were white or straight. But we hadn't gotten to an apocalyptic scenario yet. And that's why I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a mixture because I think I, I think you're right. I think we're definitely going to see um, Gen Z definitely fucking conservative out. It's going to happen. But I think it's going to happen less than it did to millennials. And I think it's going to happen a lot less than it did to Gen Xers.
0: Uh, and I would agree with that. No, I agree yeah. that every iteration of generation changes less and less.
1: Yeah, Gen Z were either not born or in diapers when nine eleven happened, and yeah, they were. That's very different than someone who had grown up before nine eleven. Um, yeah, which again it kind of explains. It. Look at the ages of them. You know, you, the baby boomers were, were already like middle aged to elderly when that happened. So of course, it's just I'm afraid of new things. I mean, to be fair, Gen X is an anomaly. They they're just that's just a dark generation. They're just jaded about everything, and they just drink <laughs> wine and go to bed. Um, <laughs> uh, millennials were were just coming into adulthood. If you're an elder millennial, or you were like in high school, if you're a younger millennial, um, yeah. and then the Gen Zers, the elder Gen Zers were like toddlers and the young Gen Zers weren't even born yet. And so think about the world, that, you know, think about the world that each of those generations is in when they were 10, 11, 12 years old, when you start like understanding the world around you.
0: And I think that explains a lot. It does. You know, we're, they say, what well, we're the last generation to know, to know a world without cell phones. My point is, is, is simply that every time they always say that, and I think it is actually true that we You know, we get we're much more accepting and and on the left when we're younger and then we still get a little bit more conservative as we get older. But it's less and less each time. And
1: that's because the the barometer moves or you know, the goalposts
0: move around you and you either
1: move with the game or you just keep the views you had when you were in adulthood. Because that's the thing. It's it's not that people become conservatives. I think I know that's not what you're saying, but I mean, like the general perception is that people just are liberal, and one day they're like, you know what? Never mind. I don't like black people anymore. <laughs> you know that that doesn't happen. You know they don't wake up one morning and they're like, banks are good. Um, no, they they just they grew up. They had a political spectrum of belief, and that's what they locked into. And then the world shifted, and general yeah. consensus shifted, and they were like, no, I'm happy here. And it's like, well, okay, but get ready for the elephant on your ballot, like, because that's what you're doing is you're standing still.
0: And everybody's worried about, or not worried about, everybody's surprised when Pelosi can't continue to move left. And it's like, well, how fucking old is she? She's in her 70s, right? Bernie Sanders is older than her, I'm just saying. Uh, But Bernie Sanders has always been much further left. She started out, you know, more center left. And as she's gotten older, she seems yeah. further and further right to us because but, of that.
1: But that's the difference is she has planted yeah. her feet and Bernie is on roller skates. And, that's the, yeah. and that is the the secret to life is do not plant yourself on a political ideology that can't move. If your ideology cannot shift with changing times and an evolving culture, then you are stagnant and you are not doing any good in the world.
0: And you're, And you're going to be left behind. I hope with all hope that Pelosi will just finally one day go away and allow the younger generation, the more progressive candidates actually do what they want to do. But, that, but that's why boomers suck is it's not because they're old. It's mm-hmm. because human nature
1: is to just plant your feet and they've hit that age where they suck because
2: something. <laughs> Hold so- on. Can we just take a minute to appreciate? And I know it's not the same argument, but we got a communist using a human nature argument. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I freaking love it. Oh my God. That's great. Go ahead. Um. Go <laughs> ahead.
1: But well, that is human nature that psychologists would actually agree with. That is cognitive dissonance. It is, I believe yeah. something and it is painful to change my worldview and my beliefs. And so I will not. And, but we got to remember, as much as we trash the boomers and we give Gen Z all this credit, there hasn't been a more radical generation in U.S. history than the baby boomers.
0: It's true. For the time, they were extremely no, no. radical. For any time, baby
1: boomers burned down banks of America. These are the guys who literally fought cops when no one else would. The, these guys burn draft cards, which have never been done. Like They took steps and leaps far beyond anything millennials or Gen Zs have done. They, In terms of how much they have broken cultural norms um, to say fuck you is pretty amazing if you actually and – and it pains me to give boomers credit because I don't like it. And I also don't like giving credit to the whole generation uh, for the actions of a minority, which is what baby love to do. I love hearing like, oh, we shattered the grass ceiling. We've ended the Vietnam War. And it's like. Oh, yeah. What when, were you?
2: What, what did yeah. you do specifically? Tell me. Yeah, we, <laughs> what
1: what protests and riots were you at? What dra- did you burn your draft card? Did you oh, run to no, Canada? No, no, no. I got a job oh, no. at my
2: father's law firm.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, so <laughs> unless you got fucking Malcolm X in your pocket, I don't want to hear shit about we.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But. Still, the consensus of that generation was impressive, and that was a generation that was really willing to break norms, and I think that modern, whether you want to call it revolutionaries or protesters or, or, or super progressives, but whatever, anybody who's willing to break away from expectations of our culture owes it to that generation because nothing had ever been done like that before, sans the civil war. Yeah, And even the Civil War, you couldn't even really credit because those were the conservatives trying to hold back progress. So, really, no, I I actually have to amend that. No, I I can't think of a time where we had a more revolutionary time period in this country uh, than what the Boomers did. And I would would like that mantle to be passed correctly to Gen Z. I don't think it's going to. I think we're not there yet, but I'm still... I don't know. There's nuance and now I'm rambling. (laughs) Speaking of... uh, Old people who ramble. Joe Biden is uh, doing his best to live in his delusional dreamland, which I think is another one of the big problems. As We talk about Pelosi a lot. Part of this is also Biden and his ilk that people like him because he lives in a fantasy. Yeah, he lives in late. He lives in the 70s and 80s when Democrats and Republicans used to get along and eat lunch together and argue about tax bills and, you know, things like that.
2: I would say it's even the '90s. There's this this weird nostalgia that the, these corporate Dems have for the Clinton era because it's like they they look at Clinton the way the right wingers look at Reagan, you know, like that's the way to be. That's the way to get stuff done. And I agree that a lot of things that were good happened under Clinton, but it was a fluke. It was. It was. It was. Literally, the calm before the storm. He initiated all this stuff. Like People heap so much shit onto George W. Bush for the crash. A lot of the policies that helped make it as bad as it were were enacted by Clinton, not Bush. It just took Uh, a while for them to catch up.
1: I, I would actually heartily disagree. Bill Clinton actually did wonders for the economy. It was George Bush deregulating everything he put in place that crashed it if George uh, bush had left it the fuck alone it wouldn't have happened.
2: job it like uh, losing j- the jobs and stuff that were a part of that like okay so maybe i'm generalizing too much here so yes as far as like people losing mortgages but a lot of the e- economic stuff where people lost their jobs because uh you know manufacturing went overseas and things like that that was because of clinton that was nafta
1: that was not because of clinton that was because the world changed and cheap labor. That wasn't NAFTA. China. NAFTA had nothing to do with China. China. Chinese and Indian manufacturing and service industry has really what destroyed our our our, our infrastructure jobs like that.
2: And I agree. That's one thing. But no, again, we we discussed this when we went over that when we talked about the Democrats. We went over this whole thing, like Clinton. I got, again, I'm not trying to say he's like a monster or something, but he part of his. Well, a monster. Fame, I'll say that. Part of his claim to fame was adopting a lot. It, it's where where do you think I'm? I'm socially liberal, but fiscal conservative comes from. That's from Clinton mm-hmm. era. Like yeah. it's because he reached across the aisle and started embracing Republican economic policies that don't work. And again, just like Reagan, where you get a short term. You know, bonus because, yeah, all of a sudden you just drop taxes ridiculously low and you get a boost to the economy. Well, yeah. Of course, that happens, and then the fallout happens because you can't drop taxes anymore, and all kinds of bad shit starts coming in after that. You know,
1: yeah. But I would say that that Clinton did a lot more good than he did bad, though. Like, don't I, I don't
2: disagree with that. I, I, but I, I'm not trying to say that Clinton is like more evil than not. Yeah, I'm just,
1: try- I'm not saying in terms of his presidency. I'm talking about economics only, because in terms of his presidency, actually, Clinton's one of the most evil ones we've ever had because of the three strikes law. Yeah, I'm talking about e- economics.
2: And that's fair. Maybe we should stick to that. But what I'm the point I'm trying to get at is they're looking, they won't let go of this 90s era stuff. Is it the, like, like you said, Chris, the world has changed. It's not the same world as it was in the 90s. Things are continuing to progress. And, and that's why we have to keep calling Democrats, at least corporate Dems, what they are. They're conservatives because yep. they don't want that to change. They want to live in the world of the 90s where everyone suddenly loved the saxophone playing pothead. You know, because he was doing all this great work. It was lightning in a bottle. It's never going to happen again. We're not going to get back to that by trying to do the same old things over and over again. And I think that the point I'm trying to get at is I think that's where Biden's living is in that 90s era. It's the same place Obama was living. It's this idea of we can we can all just work together as long as we embrace all like as long as we adopt, you know, stick to our social policies and embrace the right wing economic tactics. Everyone will be able to work together. But the right has gone off the deep end. While Clinton was doing this, Newt Gingrich was calling him like was dropping the same socialist bullshit that every right wing uh, and conservative has been doing to the left since that time. Like the right has continuously pushed this this idea of being extremist on center right Dems, and this country as a whole is kind of a, eating it up. That's why we have people here that look at, at at Joe Biden and talk about him as the most progressive president we've ever had, which. It's technically correct, but anywhere else, he's a conservative. And I think that that is part of the reason why I railed so hard against uh, Biden is because, but yeah, I, I mean, I saw how he was just this idea that he could just reach across the aisle and everybody would get along with him. And he didn't account for the fact that the right has been pretty much taken over by fascist racists. Yeah. Yeah
1: the right wing was always fascist racists, but I see what you're saying
2: out and proud fascist racists. Yeah. Um, it's gotten worse, but <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, the, um, the idea of looking at Joe Biden and wishing for that simpler time and saying, see, we just need bipartisanship. And that's like saying there's nothing wrong with policing because Andy Griffith was always nice. It's like, well, that's, that's not even real. And it's <laughs> a long time ago. And it is not the situation we're living in now.
0: Yeah. It, it, it goes along with the same, the slogan of, you know, make America great again. It's like, well, well, in the past, tell me when fucking America was so fucking great.
1: Um, I'd say I'd say the 15 1500s before any of the white people came.
0: Yeah. Pretty awesome. <laughs> sure, let's go back then. Sounds sounds awesome.
2: Well, that's the joke, isn't it? It's like Well, of course there were is. periods where certain demographics had it no. really good. Well, it's not even not even
0: necessarily. Certain demographics, those same demographics were poor didn't have any fucking money there was a lot more poor people than people actually think or remember that there actually was there was like the middle class there was an upper class and there was a whole lot of fucking poor people yeah but they didn't know they were fucking poor because nobody else had anything else the middle class was much uh that ceiling was much lower than it currently is to be middle class House prices in terms of percentage of income were much, much lower. So you could make a lot less money and buy a house because it was cheaper. Everybody talks about, oh, we can't buy a fucking house. Well, yeah, you can't buy a house because a fucking house payment is no longer only 10% of your your monthly income. It's more like half of your monthly income. Yep. And worse if you rent. Yeah. Yeah. And worse if you rent. Because they you're not even getting any fucking equity out of it. So in terms of like, yeah, there was a lot there was a lot more people that were middle class, but the reason why they were middle class is because things were a lot fucking cheaper to start with. Sorry, make America Great. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with that. Like <laughs> No, I, I I got sidetracked.
1: Well, a side note is 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 the Trump Make America Great Again slogan is Really easy to track the etymology of, and it's terrifying yeah. because he <laughs> yeah. stole it from yeah. Reagan, well, yes, but you know, he stole it from Reagan, who said, who Make America Great, in the 50s, who right? got it from Hitler.
2: Oh, Hitler, yeah. okay,
1: <laughs> like that's literally what Hitler campaigned on when he lost, um, was to make Germany great again. <laughs> like, it, it's not you don't have to go back far to do that, and it, that's and that was taken. Also with, um, you know, and it's, it's, God, what was his fucking name? Henry Ford. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. That the airplane pilot who flew around the world and he he was an famous American aviator. He made aviation cool.
2: Charles Lindbergh. Thank you. Okay. Um,
1: It's like Charles Lindbergh where, you know, he was the one, he's the one who came up with the idea of America first. Charles Lindbergh, who was a huge anti-Semite, insane racist, and a nationalist. And it's like, yeah. So the two slogans from the greatest American ultra white nationalist and the Fuhrer himself are what Trump used as slogans. So
2: that's what I was thinking of is 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 the America First slogan uh, yeah. that was also big in the fifties from uh, KKK members yeah. and other racists that were. Uh- yeah. Talking about that. when Because it's the same rhetoric they were using against black people during the civil rights get It had only
1: happening a few years earlier. Like that America yeah. First, that Lindbergh America First thing was happening in World War II. Yeah. And so when the Klan was using it in the 50s and 60s, like, yeah, it was, you know, it was only a decade later. So it was still, Friday, they were around for it.
2: So these are the reasons why the Democrats, at least corporate Democrats, are shitty. Now let's get into what they're doing that makes them even shittier.
1: Yeah. So, so for anybody who isn't following this, here's here's he, the thirty second elevator pitch of what's going on. Is Joe Biden has the worst named plan in his. You want to talk about bad naming, like like Trump Build oh. Back Better, which is just this, and they won't give it up. God, it's the stupidest fucking name. It's worse than no build malarkey.
0: Back better. I
1: don't. Get the appeal. Because even people who love Joe Biden don't think it's a great name. I don't know how that got branded. And I don't know why they haven't pivoted to something else. But anyway, they are because married to Build Back fucking Better. fucking
0: PR idiot decided that's what it was going to be. And, and Joe Biden went along with Grandpa it. Grandpa Joe and thinks Now that's great. what it is.
2: But. It's, they're trying to, they're trying to, ta- like, whatever, say whatever you want, Trump. The dude knows how to brand. He knows quick slogans that are easily repeatable, easily rememberable, that stick. And that was one of his big claims to fame. Like, that's one of the things that kept getting people around him. And now the Dems are trying to copy it, and the Dems aren't that. and, well, and so the Democratic
1: yeah. voters aren't, because that yep. works on idiots. Yep. Making on, up derogatory yes. nicknames for people and calling people Sleepy Joe and and coming up with, with quick little flashy shitty names like that only works on children. And it works yep. on idiots and, and, and morons, and that's who votes for Trump.
0: Yeah. And
1: so – Yeah, it works on them. It's not going to work on the Democrats, because the Democrats don't love them, but they're liberals, which is why I don't love them. But they're not going to fall for the same kindergarten bullshit. They're going to fall again, like we've said before, for the peanuts. Like, it's going to be Lucy pulling the ball, which is what's happening now. So... Biden's Build Back Better plan, everyone, is basically his giant infrastructure bill, which was, you know, Bernie Sanders wanted it to be like $7, million, 7 billion or something like that.
2: 10 Yeah. It started out with 10 That was, it was a, a that was, it was a
1: 10, ten. yeah. yeah. So it was a huge number, which is totally awesome, and it should be that because I don't disagree with him. Yeah. And but obviously
2: $7 to the fucking military industrial complex, yeah. but we and can't the, spare the, 10 to make America – actually make America great. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
1: Part of this is the bill has been whittled down now to $3.5 billion, and the Republicans didn't want that to go through. And so what the Democrats did, and when I say the Democrats, I'm talking about the moderate. I'm talking about like the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's. They have cut it in half, and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the easy one through first. We're going to get just the infrastructure parts. We're going to take all these billions that are going to go to actually help poor people and do and do civil programs and, and and hand out assistance and job assistance and food assistance and rental assistance, all these things that poor people desperately need. We're going to go ahead and put that on the back burner and worry about it later. And now we're just going to pass the, what is it, one and a half billion now to get the infrastructure plan through which hey it helps people too (laughs) and it's going to make a bunch of jobs while we build freeways and do all this other stuff and it's like and the progressives cried foul and said wait a second fuck you if there's money to revamp freeways there's money to help children not starve to death and the corporate dems clutched their pearls and said how dare you insult the freeways and the build back better (laughs) and basically nancy pelosi made a bet and she was like, no, we're going to fucking vote on this shit because I know everyone's going to kiss my ass. And the progressives, for the first time since Biden took office, actually stood up to Pelosi because they've tried before. And every time for I don't I don't I don't know if she's got nudes of everyone or what. <laughs> but every single time Pelosi gets everyone in line. Yeah. And this time it didn't happen. AOC, Ilhan Omar, Bernie Sanders, the progressive caucus is telling her to go fuck herself and they're not going to vote on this unless no, they're going to vote no well first they said they weren't going to vote now they're saying they'll vote no but that's no, a newer development yeah. at first they were just not going to vote which would be the same thing it would kill it yeah uh, because they need every democratic vote um yeah. now there's actually a couple of republicans who have finally decided to come over and so now yeah now they're going to vote no on it um and i think that's a good way to go and everyone is losing their minds and it's like well you know i can't believe they're having this this is this was inevitable the Democratic Party continues to slide to the right, and the progressives aren't going to allow it at a certain point. And the Democratic Party is finally having the civil war we've been talking about that's coming. The Republican Party just had it, and the Trumpers won. Yep. You know, it, it, it was Trump versus it was the Trumpers versus the Bushers. And and the Trump team team Trump won. That's yeah. who it is. We the the fascists won, and that's the Republican Party now. And now the Democratic Party is having the same thing, where it is now the corporate Dems. Versus the progressive Dems. It's going to be the centrists versus the liberals. And we'll see who wins. Because the voters have been choosing the liberals. Like you said earlier. They're winning the elections. And if you look at everything they stand on. The American public agrees more. With Bernie Sanders, AOC, Nellie Noir. Than they do with Nancy Pelosi. What you have is a whole lot of people. Who actually agree with them. But still kowtow to the centricism. That's the problem is if you look on Twitter, you look on any social media platform, all you hear is oh, just get in line. Who cares if you don't like it? We can't let them win. And it's just this it's this clannish us versus them mentality that makes them get in line even when they don't agree with it. And so now the Democrats are trying to push this. We'll let people starve for a while. We'll get to it later. First, we need to build back better. And the thing is, they don't even care about the fucking freeways or the jobs it'll create. They don't actually care about it. No, they don't give a shit about that. It's that Biden needs a victory. Yep. Biden was the biggest campaign.
2: This package was his biggest campaign thing. And that's actually kind of how the progressives have been turning this around. They're like, no, you promised this shit. You're going to fucking deliver it. If you won't do it, we will. And every
1: president does this. Every president comes in with a thing they're going to fucking do. George Bush Sr., it was. No new taxes, fucked it up, and it got him kicked out of office. But no new taxes, and then Clinton comes in, and it was I don't like black people. (laughs) Everyone's like, Yay! And that worked out for him. And you know, George W. Bush came in, it was I like crayons. and that worked out really well because Jesus. And then you know, but really, I mean, George Bush came in, it was like Jesus, all about Jesus, and everyone was like, Yes, Jesus, and that's literally really
2: embraced the evangelical. Vote big and yes he, he, and he, he
1: did and he kept to it he put in conservative judges and he pushed the pro-life movement and did a lot of prayer stuff and then 9-11 happened because that was the thing is he was he was losing message the problem is george w bush didn't come in with the no new taxes hard on crime like clinton and bush did he came in with a jesus is great and that that might win you one election it's not gonna fucking win you two and then the greatest gift of all happened, 9-11, and George Bush was like, I can fucking run with this shit. And he did, and he put through the Patriot Act, which was actually written by the Clinton administration, or at least written during the Clinton administration. Well, hold
2: on. Cheney thought, hey, I can run with this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real here. That's
1: true. Ch- Cheney, Cheney said, I can run with this, and he, and, he, and he rang the little bell on his desk, and Bush <laughs> yeah. came down. Signed the, the, yeah. the
0: mastermind behind everything. Well, that would be senior, but (laughs) well, because
1: then George Bush senior rang his bell and Cheney came running, But because let's never forget, that's the only president in U.S. history who still received CIA briefings outside of office. Yep. Because remember, he ran the CIA. George W. Bush was a fucking spook. Don't ever forget that. But moving forward. So then you got Obama and he comes through and his thing is he runs on. Well, at least I'm not fucking dipshit over here. Yep. Maybe war is bad. And he floundered on that, but he also was like, oh, by the way, who wants penicillin? Yeah. Um, and so he put through the ACA, and that was his big win. And God, God, did it make Mc- – oh, McConnell's butthole puckered so tight you could have made diamonds with coal in it. it was oh, wonderful. man, they, they
2: heard it all the way in fucking Mexico, man. Are you kidding me? Oh,
1: my God, the puckering of him. It was, it was beautiful. It was, and they just fought it over. And over and over and they lost over and over. Oh my god. It's and again, I don't usually cheer for partisan politics, but watching Mitch McConnell's delicious turtle tears was just the best <laughs> thing about the Obama era ever. Anyway, but Obama failed. He needed that win because he failed on everything else he campaigned on. Obama didn't campaign on, I'm going to give you health care. Obama campaigned on, I'm going to end imperialism. Gitmo sucks. The wars are terrible. We should stop doing this. And then he got into office and was like, well, let's do eight more years of war. What do you say? (laughs) let's 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 drone bomb even more children uh let's that's fine remember how i said i like mexicans Eh, send them back um obama failed on most of what what he promised and what he was supposed to be obama was one of the biggest disappointments in democratic history if you ask me
0: he Uh, ran on change and hope and change none of it it.
2: and but
1: he put through the aca and that was his saving grace with the liberals and the progressives so like holy shit even though the ACA wasn't good, it was it's not what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be single payer healthcare. We were supposed to join the civilized world.
0: Yeah. You know, and have nationalized healthcare.
1: We were supposed to join advanced nations like Mexico and India and have nationalized health care. And we're behind them still, but it was something. And then now here comes Biden. And, you know, Trump, what does Trump campaign on? I'm going to make fascism great again. And he pulled it off. He he did everything he promised. Trump came in and said, I'm not going to be fucking normal. I'm going to talk a whole bunch of shit. And it's going to be awesome to be white. And he was right. Trump's a piece of shit. But he actually came through with what he promised. The only things he didn't come through with was the stuff he made for the centrists, Like, oh, I'm going to make more jobs. I'm going to help the economy. The promises he made that were all bullshit that we knew weren't going to happen; those didn't come through. But his actual promises, his actual dog whistles—no, no, like, no, you, under-
2: you don't understand. Dust dude. off the
1: SS patch; it's my, coming my- back, boys. That's what he came through on.
2: Now, my second cousin twice removed—he got a job under Trump. So clearly, Trump—Trump Trump did exactly what he wants.
1: <laughs> and that job was in solar, but that's not the point.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> not the point. He got a job. You see, like Trump said he would bring back jobs, and my cousin got a job. I mean sure his manufacturing plant was shut down because of Trump and sure the job he got was a green job that all the Dems talk about but that is besides the point Trump <laughs> th- came through yeah. on that promise
1: exactly but but now Biden needs something Biden has no message no malarkey wasn't gonna fucking win it. and he got into the election on hey remember how much you liked Obama because that's really what it was <laughs> yeah and Bernie Sanders was the lead by far and then yeah. he came into because the DNC begged him they like Joe Biden didn't want to be president dude was retired he was done he he was over it. Guy was hanging out with his dog and his wife, being like, "Ah, it's good to be retired and white." And then the Democratic <laughs> Party was like, "Help! Help! Someone slightly progressive is running, and we're all gonna fucking die." And so Joe yeah. Biden came in, and he was like, "Hey, guys, remember Obama? Remember Obama? Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. He, he jj Abrams does. That's what he did." And <laughs> he gets into office, and what's he got to do? Because again, he starts with the Trump sucks, and that's what that's what got him the election. But now he's in, and the problem is Biden sucks. And everything he does is a failure because A, he's a shitty president, and B, the Republicans are gonna make sure that everything he does double sucks. So what's he gonna do? He's gotta build back better. He needs this fucking infrastructure, but this is his ACA. This is his crime bill. This is his no-new taxes. You know, this is what this is the, you know, this is the dust off the clan hoods. Like this is his plan. This is his message. It's going to make the people who vote for him happy and he needs this fucking win and it's not happening. And it is delicious. Agreed. My thoughts.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, and the thing is like, I got to agree with progressives have been nothing but a disappointment. I mean, they, they, they have basically turned into the running joke of bags, bags of hot air, but now it seems like they've s- a little bit, a little bit reached down and found some balls and, I hope I, I hope against hope that they take this and run with it and it works because I gar- I have a feeling if if they're able to get what they want out of this, I don't think they're gonna stop doing shit like this. Like I think they need a big win for them to realize, oh hey, we can actually, you know, do the job we were elected to fucking do and you know take this party back.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, We'll see what happens. Again, there's going to be a civil war. Um, I am actually less optimistic than you. I do think this is going to give them a little more fuel and motivation, but I think they're going to lose. The Democratic Party is funded by the conservative agenda, and some popularists are not going to change that. Uh, That's not going to change until what should happen. It won't. But what would be good if... uh, If God was real, what I would pray for uh, would be (laughs) that Bernie Sanders leaves the Democratic Party and actually starts his own, starts a progressive party, starts a labor party. I would recommend progressive. That's a more American friendly term. We don't like labor because it reminds us of commies. But if he started a progressive party and he brought with him Ilhan Omar, AOC, Talita Rashad, like all these progressives in the House and the Senate with him, he could actually destroy the Democratic Party. Because the Republican Party would win everything, and the Democratic Party would have no choice but to be in coalition with the Progressive Party. Now, yeah. that's not going to happen because who knows? No. Tinfoil hide you could put on a shadow government or banking interest or whatever. It gives a shit. The point is it I, doesn't I can happen.
2: tell you exactly what it is. It's so – because you're absolutely right. The Republican Party would win every time, and there would be untold amounts of human suffering because of it, and none of them want that to happen.
1: Vice president, my my pillow guy. Yeah. Seriously, it's the one good thing about Trump not being – about Biden being president. I don't like Biden as president, but at least the my pillow guy isn't like running the DOJ right now. Right. Here's my prediction. I predict this is going to fail. Um, One of the things that really sealed that in for me was Joe Biden leaving the meeting today he had on the Hill where he basically completely avoided the question. The reporters were screaming at him of, why can't you unite your own party? Why can't you? Yeah, he dodged it completely. He was like, oh, come on. And you remember, he you seen the clip? He turned around. He's like, come on, man, 50-50. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But um, I'm assuming he's talking about the Senate. I have no fucking clue.
2: I don't think he has a clue, to be honest. I think, I think, that's, I think you're exactly right. I think he's... Uh... I think he's trying to – I think that's him trying to shift blame onto the fact that – or trying to allude to the fact that you don't have a clear majority in the Senate or some bullshit, which yeah, it's still know. a weak fucking argument, whether yeah. I'm right or not. The thing right. Is, it doesn't
1: matter. Like he, he could have – he he doesn't – like even if it's a weak argument or not, like some, a reporter saying the answer was not like, come on, man. Like he could have been like, well – Yeah, we have an obstructionist party who's not letting anything through. Politics are changing. Things are awful. And the Republicans want to do things like bring back lynch parties and not let women control their bodies. That's a problem. And I take offense to that. So if you're wondering why I can't rein the party in, it's because all of us have different ideas on how exactly to slay this fucking horrifying white dragon that is the Republican Party. Um, Maybe you should get on board with that. Quit being a little dick. That would have been my response, which is why I will never run for office. But Mm -hmm. Joe Biden went to the Hill today to go talk to the progressive caucus with Pelosi and all them to try to be like, come on, man, and get this through. And it didn't happen because the progressives were like, no, do do what you fucking promised. And again, because remember that three and a half, that's not like their demand. That three and a half billion is the compromise. Yep. It is like a A third of what they want. Sorry, three and a half trillion. It is a third of what they actually wanted. This is what they have compromised for, and they're still not letting it happen. Um, and, and Biden and Pelosi don't want to let that happen. They don't want to go to the compromise they promised they would do. So the progressives aren't budging, and, and Biden comes out of there, and he says, look, we're going to come to an agreement. It might be in six minutes or six hours or six weeks, but, which, by the way, he dropped three sixes. How have the Republicans not jumped all over Biden's <laughs> 666 right there? Like it's fucking... I don't know how that has not happened. Anyway, but yeah, he said like, oh, it's going to be like six days or six weeks or six, whatever. And, and But we'll get there. And it's like, so you've basically just admitted defeat. You've basically just said, we can't pass it right this second. We're going to wait, which means they're going to starve them out. And instead of threatening Joe Manchin and threatening, uh, what's her name? Uh, Seneca? Cinema cinema instead of threatening cinema and mansion with, Hey, get the fucking line. They're going to go threaten all the progressives and say, Hey, get the fucking line. Yep. Because that's what they do. And that's what, that's my prediction. What's your prediction, Kay? Uh,
0: I actually agree with you. I don't think that, uh, it is. I, I, I just don't see it happening. I see that eventually the progressive caucus will give in because they'll have no choice. They'll, it'll just happen with that 1.5 trillion, that they've offered yep. uh, because they will say, well, at least we got something versus holding out because if they get an absolutely nothing forever, then everyone will just say, well, look what you did. Look what you did. You stopped us from getting anything.
1: And when they screw over the progressives and all the progressives don't want to vote Democrat anymore, exactly. they're going to get bullied and told to shut the fuck up and get in line.
0: Yeah. You know, so I, I just don't see it going the way of of Nancy Pelosi and the Republicans actually, you know, giving in. Yeah. There's too many against them, is what it really comes down to. Yep. Matt, what do you think? Give us your crystal ball.
2: So, again, I, I think intellectually, I ha- it's hard for me to, to say you're wrong, but... And again, like it's a matter like I, I hate I'm peeling to faith, but I would like to believe that the progressives are going to pull this out. I would like to believe that they will find whatever, you know, backbones have been hiding for the last fucking ever and they will start doing because, again, that's the thing. I think part of the reason that they're actually finding their balls now is because there's massive public pressure. I think the left is more active politically now than they have been in a long time. I think that's the reason why so many progressives are winning. I think there is this, I think there has been for a while a massive grassroots movement that is starting to swell. And I think the momentum is on the side of the progressives. If they only embrace it. Um, I like if tomorrow we, we, we find out the deal's been struck behind closed doors over the phone or something, and the progressive have backed down, I am not going to be I'm not going to be like oh my gosh I'm shocked shocked I tell you. <laughs> However, that is not what I want and not what I hope for.
0: Um, well, and I I don't yeah. want that to to be what happens. I'm just being realistic. Yeah, you know I I choose to see things through the most realistic lens that I can in life. Versus talking about what I hope to happen. Yeah, it's all well and good to hope, but let's be real. Yeah, I just don't see it happening.
2: Uh, But I can only be down in the dumps and uh, Mr. Negative Nancy for you know so long. And but yeah, I mean that's kind like I think there's still hope. I guess my prediction is I think there's still hope for the progressives to to again pull one out and make this happen. But I guess I won't be surprised. I if, mean, there, if,
1: there's, I'll, I'll give you, there's a valid hope. I just, it, if you asked me to, to, to bet my checking account on it, I would not be betting your way. Pair. Vegas odds yep. would not be in yeah. that favor. Yeah, I just don't see it happening.
2: Yeah, can't fault you for that either. So,
1: <laughs> so that's the thing though. If you had to bet all your money and assets on this, what would you bet is going to happen?
2: Oh, no. I, then I'm with you guys. <laughs> like, I, 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 I have seen progressives and the left falter so many times. There's no way I would put money on that. No way. I would love to be proven wrong. If I, lo- that would be a bet I would be happy to lose. Yeah. So well, same
1: again, I'm, I'm not asking what we want to happen. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I also want what you to happen to happen. I can't get my hopes up too much because I just don't think it ever fucking will. But anyway, that that's what I would predict for this one and we'll see what's going to happen but this is this is the cycle we're usually on and then once it passes like okay let's just let's play a little what if right so let's say the progressives give in which is what all the centrists and all the democrats are bitching about on twitter right what if they just suck it up and it's fine just pass this now and then we'll pass the other one later what the fuck makes you think mansion is going to let this pass
2: later he's not that's the thing he's not going to do it he will never play ball yeah. He will make them think yeah. that he'll be their little good boy and do whatever they want as long as they give him what he wants now. And then when time comes, he's not going to do it. He's And he'll just look at him like, what?
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's the one hope I have is there's literally – is the one thing that like Pelosi and them have really fucked up is they've given the progressives nowhere to turn, like they, they've given them no way out, they've given them nowhere to compromise. There is no place to go where where anything good can happen. It's like, well, we're gonna do this, but this thing's actually if you, if you just wait, here's a guarantee. Because there isn't one. If there was one, that would be fine. I would even say I wouldn't even be upset at that happening, you know.
0: Compromise was the 3.5 trillion dollars. The compromise already was 3.5 it yeah. was only thursday that Manchin was you know like oh well i'm really in favor of just the 1.5
1: again this this was the compromise but then that's the thing is Manchin didn't want a compromise he was No he didn't on want to compromise at
0: all he doesn't yeah. want it actually to pass it's just that if he's going to get pushed he's going to say well you know i'd prefer the 1.5 the thing is the republicans don't want to spend the money period because they don't actually care about I was like because that's doing I, I, anything good for the country?
2: Yeah,
1: and that's what it really comes down to is they don't want to do any good because it's not about the money. It's no, it's about not, the not about the money. It's
0: yeah. it's that they don't want to do any good for right. the rest of the country. They'd rather spend that money lining their own fucking pockets by putting money into the military or putting money into or natural else. gas, which
1: is what he's co- he's yeah. capitulating on now. Now, he's, oh, the Green New Deal has to have natural gas. Yeah, like, what that, the that's fuck, a big man. One. And yeah, that's because so, his state has a lot of natural gas and he's well, just capitulating he, to his people.
2: Doesn't he have – like isn't his son or some somebody who's related to like the owner of some I believe like, it's gas a son, company yeah. or yep. something like that? Oh, and yeah. he Him and Probably. his wife make hundreds of millions of dollars a year I think off of that company too because they're invested in it. Yeah. and that's Gee, the I wonder is, why he wants that provision for natural gas. And
1: that's what the Republicans do is they pretend that they care about budgets. They pretend like, oh, look at this price tag. The Democrats want to spend our children into poverty, and they can't do.
0: They don't give a about. fuck about money. Or
1: no, they'll spend a hundred trillion on a war. They don't give a shit.
0: But gotta they can't have it- you know fifty trillion dollar deficit, not deficit, but a fifty trillion dollar. Um, oh, we're in deficit debt. Yeah, <laughs> we're in deficit you know? too. We're both. No, I, well, yes, yeah. but I mean, like, literally, we're worth dollars in debt, and that just continues to go up all the time because we can't balance the fucking budget to start with. The government's about to shut down besides the fact that they can't pass this fucking bill uh, because they haven't voted on any actual like uh, raising of the debt ceiling. So uh, like, fuck, how do they expect to get this done and anything else? If no one can fucking talk to each other, like it's just absolutely ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, and that idea of being able to talk to other, reach across the aisle is an ancient idea. And again, we talked about this before. The only reason that worked is because it was only rich white men with rich white men issues at the table. So yeah, when every single person is a rich white man who's only looking out for that, it's easy to come to terms on most things. But all of a sudden, when you have a whole bunch of people who are actually caring about people rotting in jail, people starving, people going homeless, endless wars, all of a sudden they don't have nearly as much in common anymore and the republican no. party has to play obstructionist. Yep. So that's where we're at is we have an obstructionist party and a core party and we've talked about this before. This is what it gets you. This right here and remember we we predicted this when Biden came in office. We did. This is exactly what we knew was going to happen is the republicans were going to play fucking no ball and it was going to come to a war between the progressive dems and the corporate dems. And yep. here we are. I, I my my nickel is on the uh is on the corporate dems. Um, that's what history tells us is going to happen here. Um, the progressives aren't nearly aggressive enough, uh, to make a change. If, if they were, if they were frothing for this, then they could make it happen, but they're not motivated enough. They're, they're dipping their toes in the water. You know, when, when the, when the most ferocious motherfucker you have is a 70 something year old white guy who calls himself normal and just wants to hang out with his golden retriever and not rock the boat too much. That's a problem. And that's not going to create any change.
2: And, and I will say this The next person we're going to get in that presidential chair Is going to be somebody just as bad or worse than Trump Most yep. likely it'll be like Ron DeSantis Or somebody like that And it, 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 he'll be worse because he agrees with Trump And he's competent In that vein, I think that'll be the one campaign promise That Biden does keep Is that in the end Nothing will fundamentally change
1: Yeah, And we are going to continue on this shit carousel as it gets worse every election season I look
2: yeah.
0: forward to it, don't you? <sighs> Sure,
1: you don't want a
2: revolution, Kay? I'm uh, telling you, man. Like,
1: <laughs> I know, I know you're not a big fan of violence and death, but uh, that's <laughs> happening anyway.
2: <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying, I got kids. I'd be much happier with a little violence and death now, so that you know they have health care later.
1: The thing is, th- there's violence and death either way, because Kay does have a yeah. point. Any kind of uh, armed insurrection and w- would result in in bloodshed. Uh, I just feel that what our capitalist system does to poor people is also violence.
0: At this point, we're just
1: picking targets. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. We digress. That's, that's an argument for a previous episode and one in the future. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. So that is our take uh, this week on what's going on with this. Uh, we'll definitely come back probably with something meatier on the next one, but this was too big to ignore. We had to sit down and have a conversation with you guys about it and let us know what you think. Hop on that Twitter or, you know, email Matt because he has no life and is not busy at all ever. Um, no life whatsoever. Email it's, bug it's him.
0: true. I've seen it. He's not like bug him you know, buying house spamming or, or like a
1: send or him or Shrek porn. Everyone or... send Shrek porn email it to Matt at the alt left podcast at gmail.com.
2: Hey man, Shrek is love. Shrek is life.
1: And when you're done, I actually
0: wish that we had email like that, but we don't.
1: I, I totally thought you're like, I wish I had Shrek porn. I was like, bro, I can no. I can send, I'm sure I, I five seconds. No, I no, find no, no. Shrek
0: porn. I'll pass on the Shrek porn. It's fine. I'm
1: just, there's a donkey. I mean, there, there's no way this hasn't been rule 34 to everywhere. But uh, but yeah, I'll email pass. I appreciate it. Email Matt or hop on our Twitter. Let us know how you think this is going to play. In fact, actually, Matt, let's throw a poll on after this. Um, for the airing on Monday, let's throw a poll to say, do you, where do you think this is going to land? Are the progressives going to win this one or are the centrists going to win this one? I'm curious where everyone stands. So let's throw a poll on Twitter. So when you guys hear this on Monday, uh, there will be a poll up on Twitter and we want to hear what you think on who's going to win.
2: Yeah. Go there and vote. Go there and vote. I, 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 can't do polls on our group page on Facebook, but I can pose the question and just have people give their answers in the comments. So I'll do that on yeah. Facebook as well.
1: Yeah, have them leave have them leave comments that we can read out and um and then do a poll on Twitter. And yeah, guys, shoot us an email, shoot us a comment, tell us what you think. Maybe you disagree with us and that's okay. Maybe you agree all with F-podcast us and that's even at better. Gmail.com. Yep, AllLeftPodcast.gmail.com. at gmail.com. And on Twitter.
2: Is that the AllLeftPodcast.gmail.com? podcast at gmail.com? That's what I've it heard. Is. It is It
0: is the podcast at gmail.com. Excellent.
1: So um, and also, uh, I definitely want to hear about what our listeners are thinking and saying. So I'm going to send it off to Matt. But before we do that, I wanted to throw my own shout out to friend of the show and listener, Drew, uh, for giving us a correction on last week's episode when we could not figure out what was the name of that blackface movie where the kid goes to Harvard. And it was Soul Man. Drew got it for I'm me. I'm a and soul us. man.
0: Thank you, Drew. I'm a soul man.
1: Yeah. And and he was right, it was the movie Soul Man. So thank you. I love it when people can correct our brain farts. <laughs> it helps uh, a and lot. it's it is fucking
0: horrifying, just so you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's bad. It's
2: bad. Yeah, take everything, take as bad as you think it is based on how he described it, and then multiply that by like ten.
1: It's not sixteen candles, cringe, but close.
2: Yeah, it's there. It's up there.
1: So speaking of things that are up there, what's going on in your mail sack? <laughs> Matt,
0: how's your sack? Uh,
2: My sack is overflowing, okay? Let me just tell you. Wow. Yeah.
0: Been lonely, apparently, huh?
2: A little bit, a little bit. Been been a long couple of weeks here. Uh, First one is from Mary Riley. Uh, once again. Hi, love, Mary. Love that name. Love that name. So she says, hey, I have a question that I feel is related to, to this episode. And again, this is her referring to episode 42, um, where we talked about, you know, Republicans talking about rule changing and all that good stuff. And she said she thinks it's related because Republicans and a good handful of Dems are so hell bent on holding us back from any progress. Interestingly, this also fits in with this uh, episode too. Uh, How do you guys, us handle or prevent feeling hopeless uh, hopelessness or burnout, uh, especially with knowing that any major real progress will probably not be seen during our lifetimes. As far as anti-capitalist ideas and climate change goes, it's hard Rugs. to know if yeah, it's hard <laughs> to know if things will ever get better. It's something I struggle with, and I'm curious what your guys' take on it is.
0: I do a podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I do agree that this has been very cathartic in a lot of ways, because uh, you know we didn't always get to hang out or talk about this stuff on a weekly basis it was you know especially with covid and so this has been a nice outlet but you know i think staying informed is a big i in a way helps me a lot knowing that i that, that i'm better informed than a lot of the people i'm interacting with is both helpful and also disheartening uh i think you know, talking about it is a big thing you know trying to get involved in whatever way you can i know that's hard during covid but it always felt good whenever we went. I went out to a protest with Chris or something like that. You know, those are ways that
1: we go to a protest.
2: We've gone to a couple. The women's pro, the women's rights protest was the last big one that we Ugh. went to.
1: <laughs> and like, I poop on not, that one these days.
2: <laughs> not the see one, but the one before. No, the, the the big
1: one in L.A. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot we did go to the. Uh, it was it was it was the second year. It was there. That I got to tell you, the the international women's protest, that is when I saw the greatest protest sign I've ever seen in my life. Uh, There was this 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 black woman walking around holding up this sign and it just said, I'm going to see all you nice white ladies at the next BLM rally. Right. And I loved it because that was the women's protest in a nutshell. Um, It is wonderful to see that a bajillion people come out uh, in all the major cities and do this. And disheartening to see them completely disappear and vanish um, when it is not a protest directly benefiting them. That is a safe place where the cops won't do anything. And it's a shame because it's like you look at the women's protest where there's a bajillion people, and you're like, "Man, look at this! This is a mobilized fucking people." And then all the white ladies go home and don't care about any other issue. And it's really disheartening. And that's to and that's to anybody who wants to go out there and go to the women's protest. I'm not telling you don't. I'm I'm not trying to shit too hard on it. Especially if like you're not used to doing this stuff, it's a great place to start. It's a great place to network, to find people, to do stuff. But just don't get don't, – if you're upset at the Texas law, especially if you're a woman and you're really upset at this and the loss of your body autonomy at the sake of these guys, go there. Shout about it. Get fired up. I'm not saying don't. I'm saying have that same energy for people that aren't you. And that's the hardest part to do. It's really easy to get fired up on something that personally affects you. And I think that's a growth thing we all have to do. It's what I had to do. It's what everyone has to do. You have to start somewhere. And it starts with the thing that pissed you off because it took a right away from you or, or threatened you in some way. And then I'm asking everyone, when you do that on the second, which is this, it's coming up. Um, it's actually, actually, this will be airing after that because it'll be Saturday and this will be airing Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you went to that, everyone who's listening, I want you to remember how awesome it was, how cool it was to be in a sea of people who gave a shit and wanted to change things and then take that energy and do it for someone who doesn't look like you. And that is how you get on the right side of history. Yeah. And now I'll get off my soapbox and back into Matt's mailbox. (laughs)
2: but no uh so those are some of the ways we do it i i I know chris is big into the protest scene so like i want to make sure to take special note of that is you know i I think chris is the one that kind of motivates the rest of us in our friend group to get out there and do stuff
0: i i have a little bit of different advice yeah um while i love the politics and i love to talk about it um i work around a lot of republicans that's just the industry that i'm in uh they're very conservative but that's that's just the the industry that I work in. Oftentimes, I find myself just myself just having to take a break. When you are burnt out, when you are feeling like all is lost and it is hopeless, you have to sometimes take a break. Turn off your your regular news feed. You know, stop looking at all of the political stuff. Get away from it for. 24 hours, 48 hours, a week, two weeks, a month maybe. That doesn't mean you don't care. Just remember that. It's not that you don't care, but you have to take care of your own self. You have to take care of your own mental health. Before you can help anyone else, you must help yourself. And if you're feeling burnt out with despair and, and hatred for the other side, you can do one of two things with it. You can let that shit go, or you can use it to fuel yourself. And sometimes it's good to just let it go.
1: And I think that's valid. Self care yeah. is important. And again, and and that's that's not wrong either. And that's that's a good point because that's not how I operate. That's how you yeah. operate. And I actually think more people need what you're prescribing. Um, uh huh. And that's fine. It's okay to take a break. I definitely would say be mindful of going away too long. Make sure you still care because there's a lot of people who just go, I don't want to deal with it. I'm never going to talk about politics again. Um, well, and and that's, that's not what I advocate. I'm for. I'm not advocating that at all. I'm just yeah. putting that as a caveat, as a warning. You know, people who are buying over-the-counter medication aren't trying to overdose, but there's a warning label saying just just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also don't overdose. Yeah, and sure. that's Fair all enough. I'm saying
1: is taking a break for your mental health is fine. That's good. And if you can recognize that you're getting burnt out on something and need a break, do it. Take care of yourself. That is important. Um, just be mindful you don't overdose on that and you come back to the table and do that. And there's no right answer or wrong answer to what often that is. That's up to you when you're ready to go do something, do it. And when you need some fucking time, take it.
0: Yeah. All things in moderation, even moderation. Yep.
1: Um, so me, um, fuck moderation. This is not what I advocate for anybody else unless you're like me. Um, but I don't believe in moderation for myself. I believe in it for others. That's fine. Um, but no, I'm a radical and I know that and I get my jollies off by and and burn the stress out by going and getting active. Um, I, I go and I, 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 join this stuff and I go to zoom calls with people in China and I'm actually going to be going to the BLM meeting on Wednesday and I do this stuff and I hit the streets and join organizations and talk to them and get tear gassed and that kind of shit. And that's actually my catharsis. That doesn't burn me out. That's what fuels me. Um, that's where I get it out. Um, and I think that's a really good three way of how we do it.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And remember,
1: there's no wrong way. Do what's right for you. If yeah. getting out there and getting involved makes you feel better, it helps you vent some of that shit. Do it. If fucking taking care of yourself once in a while makes you feel better, fucking do it. If running a podcast makes you feel better, do it. Painting playing music, writing a song, dancing, fucking anything, do it. Do you want to get involved, but you don't want to get tear gas? Cool. Bring sandwiches and bottles of water for people who are. Don't want to leave your house? Awesome. Get fired up online. Help people out. Do Be resources for others. Getting way too burned down? You think you have a fucking mental breakdown? Unplug your goddamn TV and hang out with your dog.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. These are all good things. And yeah. most healthy people
1: will do a combination of the three.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, I'll even put, I'll add one on to it. Like, one of the things that that makes i think this podcast helpful to us is that we're talking it out that's part of the reason why we're always putting it to you guys if you want to ask us questions if you want to even if it's not to just make a comment about the episode or to disagree with the episode if you want to know what we think about stuff a good example is the the north carolina crew they're constantly hitting us up about topics and things on our little discord chat that we've got with them and you know we we give our input we say this is what we think about this you know um they Bay said Faye's always asking Chris and another guy that's on there that's a history major about history questions. Feel free to hit us up. We'll, we'll engage with you about anything you guys want, you know, especially if you have questions about resources, about how to get involved, because Chris here can probably help you again. He's done it before. We can do it again. Get you started, point you in the right direction, help you find out resources. So yeah,
1: yep. hit Shoot us, us up. Just email if you ever want it. We'll always yeah. talk to you. Yeah. What else? What else, Matt?
2: All right, next one. Talk Uh, about my new friend. (laughs) Yeah. So we got hit up on Instagram by a new listener, and it was probably, I think you'll agree, Chris, because you read it too, one of the nicest messages we've received since we started this. I really liked it.
0: We've received Uh, some nice Uh, messages, so I haven't seen this.
2: Yeah, this is Kay's first time hearing it. So this is from Yo Girl Mabel, Um, and she says, Hey guys, I found your podcast yesterday, and I listened while at work. I'm already on episode eight, you guys talk about minimum wage inspired your guys's talk about minimum wage inspired me to message y'all. I'm only seventeen and I've only worked two jobs. I've worked in a taco bell and a dishwasher. Both jobs have been hell. I've always advocated for raising minimums and everyone else looks at me and says it's horrible to do that. It's nice to know at least somebody thinks of us. Thank you and can't wait for listening more.
1: Yeah, so I, I loved that one. I was actually yeah. the uh, the one who first responded to you, Mabel. Uh, I'm Chris, and I immediately sent this over to Matt. I was like, this is the nicest thing we've ever heard. Um, and yeah, I actually also worked at Taco Bell. That was the job I had right out of high school. I worked all through high school, but I remember right after I graduated, I got a job at Taco Bell. Worked there for a couple of years. That is, that is not an easy gig at all. And no service industry is. No retail, no food service, and it is a shame. The people who are paid the least are treated the worst in this country. Yep. Um, so, so keep your chin up. Um, and don't, don't lose faith. Even if everyone around you is telling you you're a fucking idiot. If, if you are worried about the poorest among you and the people who need help, if, if people who are struggling the most financially are the ones you're looking out for, you're on the right fucking side.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And glad to have you as a listener, Mabel. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's great you know, and and yeah, that was Chris. Uh, if you, so just so everyone knows, if you hit us up on Instagram, most likely Chris is going to be the one to reach out to you, uh, anywhere else. It's probably going to be me. Either way, message us. We'll, we'll always tell you when you message us who you're dealing yeah. with, so you know. If it's um, email,
1: it's a hundred percent Matt. If it's yeah. Instagram, it's ninety percent me. And if it's Twitter, it's ninety percent Matt. Ten percent chance it's me. I log on to Twitter once or twice a week. and, yeah. and uh, I'm busy. And, editing, and, and, I, and so. I go troll Matt Gates.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> K K K gets locked in the dungeon after after recording, and he doesn't come out until the next time we record. So,
1: but we don't king shame here at the All Left, so it's okay.
2: Yeah. All right. So, These are more and, matters
1: at the end of it. Thank so, you, Mabel. We yeah, appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much. All right, and then the la- I got one more for you guys, and this is from our Ooh, good another. buddy. Yeah, our good buddy Stoffy. I uh, love this dude. Uh, this is about the Mother Teresa episode, and again, as always, he always gives us a little bit long ones, but I like this one.
1: So, he does. yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: Amen. <laughs>
2: So he messages uh, from Mother Teresa twisting her nipples over poor people dying for Jesus on preteens. This episode was wild. I absolutely loved it and learned a lot. I knew they were bad, but didn't know it was to that extent.
1: Can I just say like cutting off stuff? It's funny you say that because another listener actually uh, messaged us and and told me something similar. He drives. It's our listener, Alex. Uh, He drives a Tesla. And it'll it'll immediately pick up wherever you were last on whatever you're listening to, and immediately blast it in the speakers. And it was apparently right when I was shouting out "Hail Satan!" I mean, so he's with his coworker. He's showing him the Tesla, and they go down to it, and he opens Hail up the Satan. Tesla door, and it's me going "Hail Satan!" <laughs> <laughs> just stop. He talk about hearing us here. Talk about Mother Teresa twisting her nipples. Is just. Perfect. I hope I hope you bust that out of, a, out of a Tesla one day.
2: So he goes on to say, I became an atheist in the past four or five years after being raised Pentecostal. Pew jumping. And, wow. Yeah. Pew jumping and faith healing. <laughs> Our pastor was talking about spreading the word one day and that if anyone rejects it, then they go straight to hell. I asked, if someone dies not having heard God's word, do they still go to hell? Uh, because it doesn't seem fair otherwise. He said, yes, because they don't have the chance to reject it, so they get a pass. Uh, the last thing I told him was, "So we're essentially damning everyone we preach to. Why not stop spreading the word to give people the best chance at salvation?" <laughs> that was the last time I set foot in a church, and over time, slowly drifted away from religion altogether. The part, uh, the part I really liked in the episode was when Matt explained his conversion to atheism. How did Chris and Kay become atheists? I'd love to hear your rants and explanations for leaving the church. Keep up the good work. Love the episode.
0: Kay, you go first. Um, so. I, I was method I was raised Methodist. I went to church every Sunday. I was part of the youth group. We did all kinds of fun stuff, you know, retreats to skiing and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, in my twenties, I really didn't go to church much. You know, I still was a believer, but you know, you, you do you're doing other stuff, uh, work and school and or not school for me, but. Work and partying and doing other things. Uh, honestly, Chris, you know, was pretty religious there for a little while, too. And and I started going to church with him some. And and uh, at some point in time, I I actually found a, a podcast, uh, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and started listening to them a lot. And they have at this point over like 800 episodes. And the more that I listened to them about science, education, and debunking uh, all things supernatural, the more and more I realized that I didn't believe as much as I thought I actually had. And it was more this like lingering thing that was really there from my childhood and the more that I started to understand, because I really love technology and, and science and all things tangible. And the more that I read and the more that I looked into all of those things, the less and less I felt like I connected with any type of religion. And then once the religion kind of fell away, the, the thought of a God started to fall away and you get to a point where you're just like all of this is just absolute madness nothing that these people say is actually true and you start to actually realize that they are deluding themselves as religious people they have one of the largest like cognitive dissidents that really exists and if they actually read the bible and if they actually uh, thought about what they were preaching uh beyond what they were told they would realize that
1: that that is a good one and i would i would actually imagine that is probably the faith journey of most atheists
0: yeah absolutely um but that's that's just my my specific story how it happened for me
1: Uh, so mine's kind of the opposite um and i think it's not the usual i um Obviously, like most Americans, grew up as a small child being told that God's there. And it was right when I hit like the age of reason. It was like 11 or 12 when I was like, this is bullshit. There's no fucking God. This is dumb. And I immediately decided I wasn't going to believe in something that I couldn't see. And I you know, I dabbled in, in, in thoughts and stuff when I growing up. I was like, it was always just now, now, now. There's there no bearded guy in this guy who's mad that I'm jerking off. And I, I just never bought into it ever. I was always a skeptic with it. And then, um, unlike Kay, who came from uh, an ignorant position because of the culture he was in, I came from an enlightened position and embraced the ignorant position (laughs) like a true dipshit. Um, And I got into a religious argument with a good friend of mine and had a coincidental incident that seemed divine. Um, Yeah.
2: I and
1: remember. yeah, we, we were literally having this screaming argument on, on top of a rock at a park. And I challenged him to prove that he's God. And if there was some God, have a fucking sign. And literally the entire park uh, power supply blew out, except for the light that was right over me. And I took that as a sign of the divine. I was literally, I was hooked. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Oh my God, dick fucking really? And so I joined the most progressive mainstream church I could, which is the, um, the Episcopalian Church. The church of england and which is the american branch and because it's the only pro-gay pro-black per woman church there is and well not the only one the lutherans and and uh, presbyterians um well and the Methodists. When the they're Methodists pretty, are, are pretty up there. Um uh, the Episcopalian's are the most progressive, but they're all in that camp. Anyway, so I joined it and did that really hardcore for like two years, because at this point I was like, oh, I was I was wrong. God has literally showed themselves to me, so clearly this is real. And I did that for about two years and and then I read the Bible too many times. Um I read the Bible <laughs> like five times, cover to cover, and just could never wrap my head around it. I remember having meetings with my priest. I'd be like, Okay, hold on. I got a new one. And I bring it. Up, what the fuck is this about? And he'd be like, oh, you know, it mistranslation and, 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 you know, different time, different people. And I'd always come to the, well, if the book is meant to be interpreted different than it's written, why do we still read it? Why do we, like, you can't tell me this book is the holy end all be all word of God and in the same breath tell me it doesn't apply to us because it's uncomfortable. No, fuck off. That's not any way to do that. And finally, after about two years, I just couldn't hang anymore. And I came to this kind of crisis of faith over again and was like, I can't, I can't do this. And so I, I labeled myself as an agnostic for a while where I was like, okay, I, I grew Pretty up common atheist. on the
2: journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause yeah, I
1: grew up atheist is. and then converted to religious. And so I figured, okay, if I was so sure there was no God, and then suddenly I was sure there was a God, like maybe I need to just be like, mm, who knows? not for me to decide and you know over time it's just been like eh, no no i can't because one of two things is true is either there is no god because there's literally zero fucking evidence for it at all and and if you were to apply occam's razor is even if you can't count the evidence because obviously like sure you get cosmic background radiation but you cannot actually peer into the beginning universe we technically don't have video evidence of it but again apply occam's razor what's more likely cosmic fluke um you know, and, and there's books out there like you know it takes more faith to be an atheist because like oh how could this universe happen so perfectly it's like well no like the universe in perfect balance exists because that's the only way it could exist any yeah. other universe would fail and then finally one happened where it worked out for a few billion years and here we are um so anyway, um, over time, I had to basically finally drop the agnostic title because I realized I didn't believe at all. And I was just taking a pussy way out of, of being afraid of being wrong again. And then I realized, what the fuck am I afraid of? Because if God is up there, he's a dick.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to fucking believe, him yeah. in, believe in him anyway. God's
1: cool with genocide, capitalism, child yeah. rape, and cancer. Like...
0: Worship that. Uh, He's also okay Mm -hmm. with slavery. Um, Incest. If you read the Bible, hell actually doesn't exist. Neither does heaven. Uh, There's all kinds of things
2: and you know it's funny you mentioned the the reading the bible thing because that was actually for me that was the final nail in the coffin so like i i was questioning and so the, the way it, the the final just what a,
1: what a, what an opportunity you missed for the final nail on the cross Ugh.
2: <laughs> Ugh. well so i was it was in the midst of questioning it i was working at um I, it was my first job in healthcare. i was about i want to say like i had already been questioning for a while but i was about 23 or 24 um and i was you know like i said in the last podcast i had started reading Dawkins it was uh Dawkins but I forget what it was now it's like where he goes down like his seven questions or something like uh, that
1: Dawkins when that yeah. guy who's a total asshole that you hate happens to be right about something yep exactly yeah, exactly.
2: He's, he's he's right about a lot of
0: shit sometimes Yeah,
1: but he's a piece of shit he like is. that's Absolutely the problem is I don't care that he's right about being an atheist you know what there's a lot nicer people who are right <laughs> about being an atheist Dawkins when, is
0: no he's asshole. he's a he dick is, all the time he just straight out path. calls everyone delusional
2: yeah. yes and he is but he Here's the thing. Okay. But he's, he's not those, wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Technically speaking, yes. It, it, when you believe in things that aren't real, you are delusional. That is an accurate thing. However... He is a he, at least he was. I don't know if he's still the main throws in there because I've, I've branched off of like latching on to like he's not as popular and, as he used to be, yeah. No, not, but not, like not
0: even remotely during
2: the early 2000s. It was like him and Hitchens were like the if you were starting to come into atheism, those were the atheists, those were the two people you latched on to. And so, I was reading a Doc, Dawkins book. um, while I was at work, and, and I worked with the two nurses there, were just famously Christian, right? Famously Christian, and so and this was around the time I think Passion of the Christ had come out. Like, if you guys remember that, that was that. No. that yeah, yes, I do. sugar was. Gents.
0: I I do remember.
2: So in like the same, like I was already reading it, and in that week. Um, one of the nurses had invited me to go watch the passion of the Christ with her and she's really nice. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go with you. And another girl came, we walked out of the theater and I was just like, Oh, that was a movie that happened. And both (laughs) her and the other girl that went, that was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Both of them were bawling. Like just, I mean, tears just streaming down their face. And and they were like, didn't that, didn't that reach you at all. I'm like, no, not really. It was just a movie. But, but, but that was, it was literally, it was the, the best depiction of what Jesus went through for. And, and and I was just like, no. And she was just so aghast at this. Right. And I came in the next, this was on a Sunday, I think we went and then the next morning on Monday, I, I walked into my office and she was talking to the nurse I shared an office with, who's even more religious. And it was obvious they were telling the story of what happened because they got real quiet when I walked in, right? And then that day at lunch, <laughs> they both came in and saw me reading the Dawkins book, right? And so a week after that, the lady and you I shared the.
0: Caught. the yeah, jig was I, up. I,
2: well, it wasn't like I was trying to hide it. I was just <laughs> like, but I was still fighting myself. So uh, the week later, they come in. The nurse that I work with comes in and she hands me a gift. She's like, I've got a present for you. And I look at this and I'm like, okay. So I open it up and it's a Bible, not just a Bible, but a leather bound, my name inscribed on it. Bible. (laughs) Like she spent money on this thing, right? And she's like, you know, it's clear that you're going through some things. And I, I, I get the sense that you're, you're, you're not sure about your faith. And I just wanted to give this to you. And so she gave me this book. And So
1: here's a book. This is slavery is yeah, awesome. Yeah.
2: And, and I yeah. read the Bible, not in its entirety before then, but I'd read it on a few, few occasions. And I figured, you know what? Like, I want to be open-minded about this. So I, I read it cover to cover. And when I was done, I. I lit. this has literally happened. I was in my bedroom and I was like, I'm an atheist. Put the book on my shelf and never talked about religion with her again because I I just didn't want to go into it. Uh, But that was what and so many atheists I know had the exact same experience as me and you, Chris, where it's like when you finally commit to reading the Bible in its entirety, cover to cover, doesn't matter what version it is, that is the best way I've ever heard of to become an atheist.
1: Okay, so here's Here's the Bible in 10 seconds. You got a whole bunch of books of hokum. It's a whole bunch of talking snakes. Uh, It starts out with two separate creation stories. Number one, like it literally says, Oh, Adam and Eve are created from dirt. Also, there was a rib like it's ridiculous anyway. So it starts off with a whole bunch of crazy mysticism. And then this dope Jewish carpenter shows up and he's like, hey, don't be a dick. And then they kill him, and then a bunch of other people start being dicks all over the place, and then the world catches fire. There's the Bible sprinkling a whole bunch of rape, incest, murder, genocide, and slavery, and uh, it's all God's will. And there you go, kids. Now you don't gotta read it.
0: Yeah, Don't bother reading it. It's it's not that fascinating.
1: We should start doing book summaries here on the alt-left. Moby Dick, a guy with a little winky, hunts a whale.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Three-minute book reviews?
1: I'm into it. Anyway, that's our journey,
0: buddy. Tell us yours. Yeah, I uh, we would love to hear what your journey was. Or why yeah. we're going to burn in hell, everyone.
2: We haven't gone super deep into our own religious views since the religious episode, which I think was like it's episode cuz we four. don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, true, that's true, but we we've actually not like I, we're as Milton I, I can as poetic for as many as for
0: hours on why your religion sucks. Exactly. And <laughs> And how you're wrong at every turn.
1: Hey, 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 you can think whatever you want, but don't you dare talk about my God. He touched me with this noodly appendage and boiled for your sins.
0: <laughs> As he should. Ramen. <laughs> Ramen. For those
2: of you confused by that, Google FlyingSpaghettiMonster.com. It's not porn, I swear. Do it. Thank us later.
0: Yeah. And it, 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 it,
1: the the, the, um, the Pastafarians are actually a political party now, too.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But anyway, yes, that is that is where we're at. Maybe we'll cover it more. But yeah, these are, like Matt was saying, these are the good questions. Ask us stuff. Ask us about us or what we feel about something. Or tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Either way, message us in, and we will always... Uh talk back with you we love it this is actually my favorite part of the show when uh i'm tired from screaming at a cloud from a soapbox and i get to actually talk to people <laughs> <laughs> so um thanks for being here with us uh join us next week we'll be back here on monday filling your ear holes with crunchy nuggets of left is goodness uh until then take care of yourselves take care of each other and remember kids the revolution is you